you know, in, in cancer, we've always felt like we've always been on the cusp of something greater. And, you know, if you can find recordings from 40 years ago where people have said, oh, we're on the cusp of something great. The difference really has been over the past couple years, our ability to understand what's going on in the tumor. I'm Yadira Galindo for N Equals One, a podcast about science and discovery at UC San Diego. And I'm Heather Bushman. In each episode, we bring you the story of one project, one discovery, or one scientist. Today, N Equals One, we're talking about immunotherapy, a new approach to treating cancer by not actually treating cancer. Instead, it pumps up a patient's own immune system to better enable it to attack cancer cells. This is the second episode in a two-part series about immunotherapy. In episode eight of N Equals One, we heard the personal story of Ricky Rocket, a real rock star who underwent immunotherapy at Moore's Cancer Center at UC San Diego Health. Now we hear more about the science behind that treatment. Actually, immunotherapy for cancer isn't new. Wait, what? But I feel like we've only been talking about immunotherapy in the past few years. Yeah, I know. Everyone always introduces immunotherapy as this new approach. I I keep catching myself doing it too. People are talking about it a lot now because it's really working. But immunotherapy as a concept got its start as far back as the late 1800s. Seriously? Yeah, immunotherapy originated with a Dr. Cooley and some of his cancer patients who he found actually fared better after they had had a bacterial infection. And well, I'm gonna have somebody else explain who knows a lot more about this. And that's Dr. Sandeep Patel, an oncologist and immunotherapy expert here at Moore's Cancer Center at UC San Diego Health. Dr. Patel was one of Ricky Rocket's doctors that we mentioned in that previous episode. He runs the immunotherapy clinical trial that Ricky is in. Cancer immunotherapy has been around um, for over a century. So one class of cancer immunotherapy is cytokines, or um, the most famous of which is interleukin-2. And so this phenomenon was discovered actually um, at the turn of the last century, um, over 100 years ago, with the initial discovery of what was called Cooley syndrome. And Cooley was a surgeon, a sarcoma surgeon, at the precursor to Memorial Sloan Kettering. And he noticed that his sarcoma patients, and this was in the era before antibiotics, those sarcoma patients that after their surgery had a severe infection, a couple of those patients actually had remission of their cancer elsewhere in their body as well, and they stayed in complete remission. And so that was really kind of the start of um, the immunotherapy revolution. And really the active ingredient in that Cooley syndrome uh, serum was likely um, one of these cytokines of which IL-2 and interleukin-2 had been the bedrock of cancer immunotherapy um, uh, for at least a decade, in particular for melanoma and renal cell carcinoma. And it's still um, utilized them to this day. Okay, so what is immunotherapy? I mean, I get the concept, but is it a pill, a shot, or what? Are there different types of immunotherapy? Yes to all of the above. Doctors can boost the immune system in a number of different ways. The two most common forms of immunotherapy are known as one, checkpoint inhibitors, and the other is cell therapies. We went into some detail on checkpoint inhibitors in the previous episode, since that's one of the therapies that our rock star patient, Ricky Rocket, receives in a clinical trial. But just as a brief reminder, checkpoint inhibitors are antibodies that inhibit abnormal interactions between cancer cells and T cells, which are part of the immune system. By breaking up that interaction between PDL1 proteins on cancer cells 
in the PD-1 receptors on the surface of T cells, so there are two molecules that come together and the two cell types bind each other through that interaction. So inhibitors of that interaction, for example, remove a sort of protective cloak that cancer cells wear and then allows T cells to destroy the cancer cells. Okay, so what's the other type of immunotherapy you mentioned? Oh, cell therapies, sometimes called living drugs. So one example is called chimeric antigen receptor, or CAR, CAR T cells. Here, a patient's immune cells, those T cells, are collected and genetically modified to produce special receptors on their surfaces called CARs. CARs allow the T cells to recognize a specific protein called an antigen on tumor cells. These engineered CAR T cells are then grown in the laboratory until there are enough of them to infuse back into the same patient. And in the patient's body, those CAR T cells multiply and with guidance from their engineered receptor, recognize and kill cancer cells that harbor that particular antigen. So to answer your earlier question, some immunotherapies might be a pill, like some checkpoint inhibitors are, uh, but in this case, in CAR T cells, that's an infusion therapy. UC San Diego researchers are about to open a new laboratory facility to help with that cell engineering part of the process, something they've had to outsource previously. They hope this facility will help advance cell therapies and make them available to more patients. Here's Dr. Patel with more. I think the second genre of uh, clinical trials and active area of cancer immunotherapy and research at Moore's Cancer Center really relates to um, cellular immunotherapy. And this facility that is up and is um, about to go live in which um, we'll be able to take cells, patient cells, outside of their body, make modifications to educate their immune system to fight the cancer, and then deploy those cells back into the patient um, in order to fight their cancer. And so this is subdivided into various types of cellular immunotherapy. Chimeric antigen receptors, or CAR T cells, are um, of interest, and this has been something um, in the news lately and been very effective in lymphoma. But the idea that you can find other targets at, for each individual patient and engineer their immune cells to be hardwired to fight that target is something we're very interested in here. And a lot of the targets we're looking at are based on homegrown science, as well as um, various discoveries that have made at UCSD and on the MESA. I have a cell therapy story for you. I met a patient recently who had undergone CAR T cell therapy here at Moore's Cancer Center for his leukemia. He was actually the first CAR T patient in San Diego. He was nine years old when he was first diagnosed with acute lymphoblastic leukemia, or ALL. Following that first time and two more recurrences of the disease, the boy had to endure two years of very difficult chemotherapy and radiation. He was unable to go to college or have much of a career because so much of his life was spent trying to get back into remission. This year, at age 27, his leukemia returned for the fourth time. Only this time was a much different experience with, with CAR T cell therapy instead of chemo. He suffered some side effects early on, but his leukemia was back in remission after just two months compared to two years previously. Now he's going to school to become a nurse so he can help others struggling with cancer treatment the way he did. Wow, that's amazing and it really sounds promising. So what's the biggest hurdle to rolling out immunotherapy to all cancer patients? Dr. Patel says it's finding the right combinations of therapies for each individual patient. 
One of the main areas of research at Moore's Cancer Center is combinations of immunotherapeutics, and in particular, taking multiple drugs that modulate different aspects of the immune system to maximize the patient's response against their tumor and really teach their immune system to fight their own cancer. And it's very likely that different combinations will be needed for each uh, patient. That's really behind our belief in kind of precision and personalized um, cancer immunotherapy, and where our research and try to figure out which biomarkers, which tests can be done on a patient's uh, cancer as well as their own immune system to determine um, that a specific immunotherapeutic combination may benefit them the most um, compared with a different patient. So we don't really believe that one size kind of fits all from a cancer immunotherapy standpoint either. So we've talked about two patients who are doing well on immunotherapy. Ricky's oral cancer responded to checkpoint inhibitors and the leukemia patient has had a fast response to CAR T-cell therapy, which is all great news. But how do people get access to immunotherapy? And are these therapies FDA approved? Some are FDA approved for certain applications like Keytruda, that's the name of the specific checkpoint inhibitor that helped Jimmy Carter get his metastatic melanoma in remission. And it's part of what Ricky Rocket had as well. Keytruda is approved for melanoma and some other cancers, but not all types. For most immunotherapies, the patients who receive them are participating in clinical trials. Those are tests for the therapy's safety and effectiveness. The problem is that a clinical trial doesn't take place everywhere at once. Only certain medical centers are appointed as test sites. And I'm very proud to say that Moore's Cancer Center is a hotbed of immunotherapy clinical trials here in Southern California. So we have over 40 clinical trials of cancer immunotherapy here at Moore's Cancer Center with another 30 that are currently um, in development and that should be open by the end of the year. These are testing novel immunotherapeutics either in combination with PD-1 inhibitors or pd one inhibitors as well as um, testing new therapies in types of cancer for which they have not been tested, so breast cancer, colorectal cancer, so on. And so in San Diego, we're the main site for a lot of these early phase clinical trials. How can people enroll in an immunotherapy clinical trial? A good place to start is at our website health.ucsd.edu slash immunotherapy. From there you can find contact information and a searchable database of clinical trials at Moore's Cancer Center. Clinical trials, they're just for patients who have run out of options, right? Not always. In some ways participating in clinical trials is becoming the new standard of care a first-line therapy rather than the last hope. Here's Dr. Patel again. Of course, there are um, clinical trials for patients who have failed all the standard therapies, but what we've learned is that a lot of the novel immunotherapies and genomically guided therapies work very well when you use them earlier in patients' cancers, in, in patients' disease. And so, in particular, a lot of diseases for which chemotherapy had historically been used, immunotherapy is moving up further and further into the front line. Targeted therapy is moving up into the front line. Melanoma, lung cancer being kind of the classic examples of that, but breast and colorectal cancer as well. The way I like to think about clinical trials when I talk to one of my patients is to discuss what their best options are 
and to try to leave as many good options open for um, patients as possible. Because even if option A doesn't work, you want them to have the option of going on to option B. They're clinical trials that really span the gamut all the way from incurable metastatic disease from frontline to last line, um, but also in the adjuvant space for patients with curative intent therapy, but who have, may have a high risk of relapse, potentially immunotherapy or targeted therapy may be for them. And so there's several clinical trials looking at that as well. What's the advantage of immunotherapy over, say, more traditional therapies like chemotherapy or radiation? Well, first I want to emphasize that surgery, chemotherapy, and radiation have been used to effectively eradicate cancer for many years, and they've saved a lot of lives. They continue to work well for many people. But as anyone who has undergone these therapies knows, the side effects of chemo and radiation can be devastating. That's because they don't discriminate between healthy and cancerous cells. Depending on the specific approach, they can blast just about every cell in the body. One advantage of immunotherapy is that it specifically targets immune cells. Here's Dr. Patel. Definitely one of the major changes with cancer immunotherapy, in addition to the prolonged benefit, is the fact that for the vast majority of patients, the side effect profile um, of these agents is far superior than with traditional chemotherapy. And so I've had several patients who came for clinical trials who had been through prior lines of therapy. And A, in addition to feeling better not getting chemotherapy anymore, but then having a response against their tumor with the immunotherapy has really just been phenomenal. And so a couple patients come to mind with very advanced disease, some even with brain metastasis from their cancer. But I've, we've treated with immunotherapy and have had complete resolution of their symptoms and their cancer, and even in their brain. And so I think those cases really stick out because you're really giving people their lives back. And, and you're doing it in a way in which it's a very tolerable therapy. And it's something in which you're actually kind of training their immune system to fight the cancer. And so so it's, it's a new way of thinking about cancer. Traditionally, everything we've done in terms of chemotherapy and even targeted therapy is focused on hitting the cancer as hard as possible and hitting the cancer harder than hitting um, the normal tissues. But the idea that we can give a therapy that actually trains a patient's own immune system to fight the cancer and hopefully keep the cancer away, that's a style of thinking that I'm very attracted to, not only for my own research, but also in terms of clinical practice and the type of clinical trials we're interested in helping our patients with. If patients tolerate immunotherapy well, meaning there are usually fewer side effects, does that mean they can take it for a longer time period if they needed to? Yeah, that's another advantage of immunotherapy, the long-term aspect. Either you train the immune system once and it's good for life, like a vaccine, or a patient could continue to live a pretty normal life with their cancer as a chronic disease, managing it with regular immunotherapy. I think that's definitely the goal, um, is that with these new therapies, A, given that they're tolerable, and B, that they're effective and potentially effective over a long period of time, that we're able to convert cancer into something you can live with and live with and continue to live with well. And so that's definitely been true of several of my patients who feel um, significantly better on cancer immunotherapy and have gone their lives back and are now able to go back on their runs or their bike rides or go back to surfing. And uh, the goal is to basically give people their lives back um, with this type of therapy, not only in terms of fighting their cancer, but in terms of this therapy being tolerable enough that it doesn't cause them you know, severe side effects that prevent them from doing the things that they want to do. This seems like a huge advancement in cancer care. Yeah, scientists and doctors are getting really excited about immunotherapy, and so am I. 
you know, in, in cancer, we've always felt like we've always been on the cusp of something greater. And, and you know, if you can find recordings from 40 years ago where people have said, oh, we're on the cusp of something great. The difference really has been over the past couple years, our ability to understand what's going on in the tumor. And um, the development of technologies, many of which are credited um, to various institutions within San Diego, have really made an impact on taking an, any individual patient's cancer and analyzing it um, in depth. And the ability to ask the question of why is that cell different? Why did that cell, which was once a normal cell, differentiate into a cancer cell, become a cancer cell? What is that difference? What did it do genomically? What happened to the immune system? Why isn't it killing off that cancer? The ability to answer that question now is, is finally available, and this had not been available for decades. And if you can answer that particular question, and you can answer that question for each individual patient, why is their particular cancer growing? Um, that's really the promise of personalized medicine or precision medicine. And so when we talk about cancer immunotherapy, that's very much in keeping um, with this idea that in just like each person's eye color and hair color and skin color and personality are different at a genetic level, each person's cancer is different at a genetic level as well. And this is a difference that you can actually use against the cancer in terms of therapy um, with targeted therapy, or the immune system can use against the cancer because it recognizes it as foreign. And that's it for this episode. If you haven't already listened to episode eight with Ricky's story of undergoing immunotherapy, I highly recommend it. For N equals one, I'm Yanira. And I'm Heather. Thanks for joining us.